Hello and welcome to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman and this is episode 18 recorded on October 16th, 2015. Today I had just a couple things to talk about. I wanted to uh, to go over a couple of the photo projects that I've been working on over the last two weeks. Uh, one of them uh, was pretty fun, and uh, I guess it would be the first one that I'd want to start off with. It was, uh, it was photographing Air Force One flying into Eugene, and the photographs aren't really, I don't know, that spectacular in any way, but uh, but I was able to, to photograph uh, the president's plane flying into Eugene. It was, it was unfortunate, it was sad, it was uh, um, in relation to the... Uh, the Umpqua Community College shooting that happened just uh, just two weeks ago now, and uh, as President Obama came in, uh, I think Eugene was the closest or, or most sensible airport to fly into, and as I understand it, he flew out from there on uh, on Marine One, uh, which was flown in by a big C-17 a few days before. And that was pretty fun. I guess I could talk about that for uh, for a couple seconds, which was uh, all the preparation that was done in advance of the president arriving in Eugene here, and that's something that I really wasn't uh, wasn't clear on before but it's it's interesting when you you're kind of around somewhere locally and you get to to kind of take note of um of something different going on outside of the uh, the ordinary routine and you could really tell i'm out in the junction city area a lot which is just north of eugene um up in the willamette valley and it has a good wide open view of the uh, the south sky toward um the the landing zone where the the runway is for the eugene airport so any incoming air traffic into the willamette valley um, it's pretty visible from the location that I get to be at most of the time, and in the afternoons I try and, um, or just naturally, you just kind of look up and you sort of notice the patterns of the way things move in. And I've always kind of been uh, been keen on uh, on which way air traffic moves around me in a in a given area, and so all that was pretty interesting and and fun to go over. Um, but what I was looking at is uh, I think it was maybe three days before the president arrived on Friday, uh, a really big, way larger than ordinary. Um, uh, uh, prop plane came in that was uh, that was painted just in Air Force green, uh, which is pretty unusual for the little tiny Allegiant flights that we seem to get in uh, the Eugene Airport all the time. Uh, so since this was a way bigger plane, we all took note of it. it was flying a bit lower, and it just was way louder than what we were we were normally used to. I think I caught a few other people off guard that were uh, that were just you know on the just hanging out with me. And so, yeah, you look up in the sky kind of toward the northwest, you just see this big Boeing C-17 flying in. And apparently, uh, what we found out afterward is that, uh, that that was the plane that was bringing in uh, the president's helicopter, Marine One, I think uh, on Wednesday before his Friday arrival. I didn't realize there was so much pre-planning and packaging going on, or so many people that are mobilized just to keep the president moving day in and day out, um, which it seems like a pretty heavily orchestrated machine, and I don't know who is responsible for running all that, but... I'm glad it's not me. Um, so I think the C-17 came in, and then at the following day on Thursday, I was able to watch uh, probably a dozen uh, smaller aircraft fly in uh, from the south side of Eugene, and they were all painted in the in green uh, Air Force colors too. And so they they cruise in and land in the the Eugene airport. Maybe, gosh, I mean, it seemed like less than two minutes apart at at, uh, at times, and I don't know how they uh, they were able to move everything around so quick so quickly um, but you could see four planes coming in for a landing on the horizon at any given time um, and that's just kind of I think just the, the the path that they were taking or the timing that they were spaced out from each other um, and it was like uh, I think when I I remember being up in Seattle or up near a larger airport and if you're in a city and you're used to, to living near a, a larger airport you're, you're used to a plane landing like every 60 seconds on, on one of the runways 
um, near your airport. I remember that in Seattle when I was uh, I had a job up there, and uh, the place that I was staying at was right on that path of uh, of I five going from uh, from Tacoma up to Seattle. Um, so it's right in that that SeaTac flight line, and so. Maybe, I don't know, there's probably just a, a big line of jets that were going straight out to the south and they're all lined up coming in for their approach to the runway. So similarly, that's what we were seeing all day Thursday of uh, these Air Force jets, uh, or excuse me, not jets, but these Air Force uh, cargo planes flying into the Eugene airport and then taking care of whatever business they needed to, <laughs> to from there. I didn't see them take off, but uh, but yeah, counted, uh, counted 10 absolutely and I'd heard that there were 12. Um, so it was cool to cool to see, and I just no idea that there was that much cargo or expense that was associated with uh, with the president's arrival. Uh, but on Friday, I packed the the eighty to four hundred millimeter telephoto lens, and I cruised down to uh, to the perimeter of the Eugene Airport here in Oregon. And there's a big uh, crowd that was set up already in that area, uh, or just a, a big uh, set of spectators and, and fans that were kind of interested in watching the uh, the president's arrival. And so all the the roads were kind of uh, lined with cars that were sort of parked off to the side, little cars, trucks, and stuff that were pulled over that uh, were aware of the president's arrival time of 11.40 a.m. Uh, last Friday. And so I was down there, I set up at about 11.30, waited for a few minutes, and then uh, I think the president's, uh, the president's plane, the Air Force One, came cruising out of the northwest, and we were able to take a handful of photos of it um, during its approach and landing. And I think I, I posted like five or six this last week of uh, the president's arrival in Air Force One in the Eugene uh, Airport there. So pulled around afterward and was able to photograph it after the after the the aircraft had landed. Uh, and I was kind of aiming down it and and photographing all the the people that were spectators that were looking at it. But uh, but yeah, it was a it was a cool time. It was just interesting to kind of kind of see how all that. Uh, logistic stuff goes when uh when bringing someone important into a town and having them spend half a day there so seems like it's i don't know seems like a lot of stuff to do i'm glad i don't have to deal with it but uh it was good to photograph and i, I guess i'm glad i can put that on a little mark of photographing air force one so i don't know maybe i can use that for uh something more legitimate or substantial in the future the other photo stuff that i wanted to talk about uh, was all of the new photos that I've just put up on the buffer. There should be a handful of them, I think another 10 going out uh, over the next couple days here uh, on social media. Um, so it'll be, no, so Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And shoot, I need to take Instagram more seriously. For a kid trying to be a real photographer, I don't really post on Instagram like I should. I just never get the traction. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's just unnecessary because I get paid by pay, putting my attention towards something other than Instagram, and I don't get paid when I seem to put my attention toward Instagram. I don't know if that's real, or if I need to focus on the long tail, or what. But, I feel like I need to use Instagram just to scosh more, or just to scosh more seriously. Maybe that's the case. But, I think I'm happy uh, with all these photos that I've got, and I'm hoping that uh, that whoever out there gets a chance to check them out. If you, uh, if you check out my Twitter feed, or my Instagram feed this week, You'll get a chance to see another 10 photographs that I'm uh, putting up for my last film role in Eastern Oregon. So I did a trip over to uh, to Warner Rim near Plush, Oregon, and I did uh, did a photo, uh, or excuse me, a Billy Newman photo podcast about that last episode, um, where uh, that was a, that was kind of a live one where I was recording it uh, in the field while I was out 
hiking around and, and taking these photographs that uh, that you'll see that was on the same day that I recorded it and during the same period that I was uh, that I was shooting and setting up those photos. So there's a handful of them that I really like. I was working a lot with the with the 80 to 400 same image or same lens that I uh, that I captured uh, those Air Force One photos with. Um, but that 80 to 400 millimeter lens and the uh, the film camera um, with that full frame. Uh, just that full frame effect of the, of the lens uh, was really nice. Worked really well. Adds a lot of compression to it, but it still has kind of an open look to it. There's a, there's a couple pictures I like a lot. There's one of our tent uh, that worked out really well, and you can just really notice. That's one thing I'm starting to learn with having a lens that's uh, that's more than 100 millimeters. Let's say if I'm shooting at 200 millimeters or 300 millimeters, it's really interesting to see the effects of compression on the photograph, the way that it brings the, f the background and foreground closer together, or where that it kind of flattens out um, objects to look larger in the frame. Not zoomed in, it's different. It's like the angle of view is different. And I know it's hard to tell or to understand, but it is something you really visually recognize when you do look at something that was shot in a different focal length. Um, so that was cool to do, it was cool to practice on. Uh, there's a handful of these that I really like, really dig the color and, uh, and just kind of the, the structure of, uh, of the stuff that goes on in Eastern Oregon. Where we were at, there's, uh, just down the road from us, there's this dry lake bed that we, uh, we walked around in and it looks out toward Hart Mountain. So it's a nice, uh, flat view with, uh, that kind of alpine look at the trees and stuff. In October, there's all those aspens with, uh, with bright yellow and red leaves, uh, that are out to photograph too. And, uh, so went out to this uh, this lake bed, shot across it for a while. I have a few more coming in the future of uh, of some stuff that I did uh, in the evening and and at night and um, and doing long exposure stuff out there too. But it was great. Cruised around, photographed this lake bed. I photographed uh, a lot of the gear that we use. I photographed some stuff in the mornings too while we were in the passes going over the Cascades as we took off early. And I, I really like those pictures, and I, I think they're gonna look really nice as uh, as enlargements when I get those uh, those set up. But um, let's see, I think I have a few sagebrush photos. I have a couple photos those that I really dig of um, the coyote hills. Maybe they're the rabbit hills. I can't ever seem to, to keep them straight. They're both out there, but one, the coyotes are to the south, and I think the rabbits are to the north on this, this ridge line. And uh, so I was uh, shooting, I think it would be northwest across the valley of, uh, of Warner Rim toward the Coyote Hills. And I really like the way that the compression of that 400 millimeter lens just really pulls uh, those hills that are really far away all the way into you. So they, they have a, a larger vertical scape in, uh, in the layout of the photo uh, or the visual mass of the photo. You'll notice someday, like if you want to shoot a mountain range. Let's say you got to shoot a cool mountain, um, and you uh, you zoom. If you zoomed all the way out to like say 18 millimeters on a standard kit lens, you're going to see those really tall objects get stretched out in a really thin line along the horizon. And you're not going to get that compression which you see in your eye that really makes that look large or look big or look tall. And so one of the benefits of having the compression of a 400 millimeter lens is that it really brings that in and it makes it kind of stand up almost. So you get that visual mass that you're, you're kind of interested in demonstrating in the photograph. So that's why I was really happy to, to bring that stuff out there to shoot through a roll of film and to get, uh, to get some more photos worked out. I have a couple other ideas coming up for the rest of October and uh, we'll see if we get those done. I just, uh, I just started uh, started working on the truck a little bit, or getting a few things geared up for uh, for a couple of things to go on this winter. So hopefully that'll come together here pretty soon. 
I'm uh I'm putting together or I I just put up the uh the old top box on on my truck and I put a top box on the other vehicle we got. Um so we can put up a bunch of gear, store some stuff, head out and uh, and do some more fun photo stuff this uh this fall and winter. Man, that's the hardest thing. As it comes into fall and then and then further into winter as the weather starts really changing on us, it gets so much more difficult to really push yourself to try and go out and work on these projects or make these photos and stuff and and I feel that all the time. So to try and uh, get through that resistance of the art and the artwork and and stuff that I want to do, I'm going to try and figure out a way around that this year or some some methodology that's a little bit more structured to get me out and uh and making photographs week by week. Um but I feel great about the turnaround that I've got. I mean, I've been really happy with uh with the output of uh you know, the quality and output of the work that I've got to do over the last last few months of um of making photos here in in the Oregon backcountry. Uh so that's been a lot of fun. And I think it's been uh, been pretty good times. So that should be wrapping up this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Thank you very much for taking a few minutes to listen to uh to this update of some of the photographic adventures that I'm out and about uh doing and uh check back soon. Thank you.